Welcome again to the Business of Kush, the cannabis business podcast where your host Chip Schweiger, the Greenleaf CPA, and his guests talk about all the business side of the cannabis industry, including accounting, finance, investing, and news of the day. If you're a cannabis business owner, investor, or industry insider looking for the dopest tips to make more money, improve profits, and increase the value of your cannabis business, you're in the right place. And now, here's your host, Chip Schweiger. So hi there, and welcome to this week's episode of the Business of Kush podcast. Happy that you're here. Um, so I'm Chip Schwager, a 27-year veteran of public accounting and corporate finance, and also the founder and managing member of the Greenleaf CPA. And we're a CPA firm that helps cannabis, hemp, and CBD companies stay on the right side of tax, accounting, and compliance rules so that you can focus on growth. And because we're a firm that solely caters to the complex compliance needs of the cannabis community, we certainly understand the unique challenges you're facing. So we just finished Halloween, uh, which is such a fun celebration, by the way. And that also means it's that time of year again. So what am I talking about? Well, while many people focus on holiday celebrations and New Year's resolutions this time of year, cannabis business owners also need to focus on your year-end business planning, or at least you should be. And this includes both preparing for the new year as well as taking stock of the past year. But because the end of the year is so hectic, it's not always easy to keep up with all the year-end preparations you should be doing to wind down 2021 and also plan for 2022. And I get it. But things like taking stock and preparation and planning are key to running a successful cannabis business and really any business. After all, you get what you measure, and what you measure is what you can improve. So this review helps you realign goals and resources so that you can take advantage of new opportunities in the new year. So let's talk about a rundown of every major and some minor task that you should care about before uh, 2022 becomes a reality, and these are really the things that you should take care of. Number one. Prepare your key financial documents or have them prepared for you. So financial documents we're talking about play a crucial role in your company and especially in the highly regulated industry that we deal in. Reviewing your financial documents also gives you three benefits. The first one is it shows you whether you're running a healthy business or if you need some belt tightening going forward. Your financials provide a guide to your company's financial position and health and should include details about your assets and liabilities, your profit and expenses, and your cash flow. Second, if you do need to make some adjustments, say fewer expenses, your financials show you where those adjustments are needed and tell you how much you need to adjust. And third, if you're in the market for funding, which we talked about last week, or expansion, or possibly an acquisition, The financial documents are often required to let interested parties see the financial state of your business. So the financial statements that we're talking about uh, and the ones that you need before year-end are a balance sheet, which shows all your assets, liabilities, and equity, an income statement, which shows your revenues, expenses, and profits, hopefully profits, and a cash flow statement showing your opening and closing cash within a specific time period, also with inflows and outflows. And while all three of these are important, it's really the cash flow statement that is not only the least understood, but also the most important statement. 
We all know cash is king, but I'm telling you, you can run a business at a loss for a long, long time, so long as you have sufficient cash flow. And more on that in a minute. Okay, let's dive into each of these for a moment. And don't forget that you can pull these reports from your accounting software, or you can ask your accounting team, or you can even get with your CPA or bookkeeper and have them pull these together for you. So the first one is your year-end balance sheet. And just as a review, a balance sheet helps you determine whether you're in the black or in the red. And it does this by comparing everything that a business owns against everything that a business owes. So a business owns uh, things like physical inventory, especially for the dispensaries out there, property and equipment, uh, trademarks, maybe invoices that the business needs to collect. The business owes things like payroll or invoices they need to pay. By doing this comparison, you can determine whether you should be cutting back on your spending or pushing your business to grow. And yes, the balance sheet should always balance. Uh, Basic question, but it makes a lot of sense, right? Okay, the next one is your year-end income statement. Now, the income statement is important because it clearly shows if you've earned more money than you're spending or spending more than you're bringing in. And basically, it compares the amounts you earn over a period of time versus the amount you spend. And because of this, it's also called a profit and loss statement. Now, it's different from the balance sheet because it looks at business expenses and earnings across a period of time instead of a single point in time uh, like a balance sheet does. It also doesn't consider any external equity that you or as a business owner might have, such as your ownership or that of investors that you may have. Now, while the income statement of a large, maybe, I don't know, vertically integrated company might be longer than that of a small family farm, the overall format of an income statement is uniform across all business sizes. And there's no magic to how these are created. First, choose a period of time, either 2021 as the whole year or just the last three months, and then you can get started from there. All right, the third statement is your year-end cash flow statement. And your cash flow statement shows how much cash you have at the beginning and end of a specific period and where it all went, right? So on a cash flow statement, you're going to see three things generally. You're going to see cash flow from operations, which is revenue, expenses. In other words, it's the money you earned or lost from doing business as usual. Cash flow from investments, such as assets bought or assets sold, and this can also include stock, by the way, and then cash flow from financial decisions, or what we call cash flow from financing activities, such as loans and their repayment. Now, let's put all these financial reports together for a minute. From all these documents, you should be able, as the CEO of your organization, be able to calculate the following numbers on a regular basis. Uh, And the first one is what we call a current ratio. It's basically the current assets divided by your current liabilities. Ideally, your current ratio should be between, let's call it 1.5 to 2. Uh, A current ratio of 1 means that you may not have enough money to last the entire year, whereas a current ratio of more than 2 could mean that you're not investing enough money into your business or outside investments because you you have a lot of cash or a lot of assets. The next ratio is your debt ratio, and this is really your total debt divided by your total assets. So I would say for a good debt ratio, it depends largely on the industry, uh, but anything below 0.3 is considered pretty fair. means you're not too highly leveraged. Anything above 0.6 tends to make it 
difficult to get additional loans because you start to become looked at as being over leveraged. All right, the third ratio that I think is important here is uh, called a gross profit margin. And this is really, again, like the cash flow statement, super important uh, margin to understand. So first, divide your profit, what you have left over after paying your costs, by the total revenue. And that's the total amount of money that you brought in. And so what the gross profit margin shows is what percentage of your income is actually profit. And again, the higher this is, the better off. Uh, the lower this is, uh, there's some places maybe to control costs a little bit more, increase revenues. And we're going to talk in future episodes about techniques to do that. Now, cannabis business owners should keep these statements on a monthly or at least a quarterly basis, and you should be asking uh, your accounting team for this information all the time. And there's a couple of reasons for this. First, you want to know that the state of your business consistently and so that you can plan accordingly. If you want to expand, you need to know whether you can, for instance, and if your business is starting to show red ink, you also want to know that as soon as possible. So good financial reporting serves as an early warning system for your company. All right. The second thing to do before the end of the year uh, is to get your tax documents together. This may sound like a funny thing for a CPA to say, but I tell you what, uh, it's one of the most important things that you as a cannabis business owner can do is get those tax documents together. Now, while the end of the year may not be the tax season, it's a good idea to get your tax documents together right now. And the reason is financial reports that you prepared in the previous step can help you ensure that you get all of the offsets that you're entitled to under the tax code. And, you know, in this industry, the big issue that we deal with is Internal Revenue Code 280E, right? And it limits all of that information uh, and all of those deductions that you can get. Getting your tax documents together is the way that you can legally minimize your tax liability under 280E. But to do that, you have to apply proper gap cost accounting. And that means you have to have proper records. Now, don't take my word for it. It's right there in the Internal Revenue Code. Uh, if, you're a, if you're a geek like me, it's Section 471.11. So go get those receipts. Go get those tax documents together now so that you can save money later. You should also compile your income, both business and personal, if it's relevant. Gather all your deductions. And this is where we talk about keeping all those receipts. Just keep them all, give them to your accountant uh, after the end of the year and let them sort through all those. Okay, the third thing to do is assess your 2021 goals. So if you had a specific 2021 goal list, pull it out and go over it. If you didn't, write down all your unwritten goals and consider this your kind of written list for 2022. Now, review those goals systematically and assess them using the following questions. I mean, what were the goals that you achieved? Why did you achieve them? Why didn't you? If they were exceeded, why did you do that? How did you do that? What are the next steps? I mean, do you want to use that higher than anticipated revenue to expand, for example, or do you want to make debt payments to pay down debt? Now, if you fell short of your goals, why is that? And also ask yourself, how did that happen? And what are your next steps? Do you need to pull back on a product line? Do you need to pare down on your forecast? Do you need to lower prices? Uh, generally, it helps you understand what your direction should be for the new year. All right. The fourth thing that I would suggest for you to do at the year end is 
plan employee morale events. Now, this kind of gets out of the business side of things, right? But it's really important for your business. And don't forget that your employees in your year-end planning, and they are the most important ingredient in your business success. And there's a lot of discussion right now in our industry about employee retention. Not only that, as it relates to employees, but also the year-end holiday season provides great opportunities to reward them for what they've done for your business. And as a cannabis business owner, you really want to boost the morale and build company loyalty. So consider what your employees might value. I mean, is it a big holiday party? Is it more time with family over the holidays? Uh, and if so, maybe you can swing a couple extra days off for everybody. Is it flexible time to shop? And if so, maybe you give them some flex hours so that they can avoid the huge crushes at stores. I'm assuming people are going back into the stores and the malls during the holiday season, but maybe the extra flexible time just gives them time to shop on Amazon. Um, maybe you can consider some company time to conduct a drive for a charity. Really, whatever makes sense and whatever your employees might value is what you should be looking at and implementing. All right, the number five thing that I suggest is plan your own vacation. Seriously, all too often business owners put off their own vacation until the year is almost completely over. And sometimes it's even after the year is over and then they're like, oh crap, we didn't take a vacation. Everybody needs some time to recharge and relax. So plan a vacation or think through the time off for you before the year is out. Okay, once you pull together the material for your year-end 2021 planning, it's easy to plan for the new year. And so we're going to transition now to your 2022 goals. And basically, your planning will be less time consuming and more convenient if you've done a good job at looking at 2021. So with that in mind, here's what to do as the calendar moves into the new year. Number one, plan your 2022 goals. And this is really uh, a review of your 2021 goals should have given you a clear picture of at least some of your 2022 business goals. And so now is the time to write them down. Do you need to increase sales? Do you need to expand your locations? Hire new employees? Maybe keep a more rigorous inventory count, or if you're a dispensary, maybe keep a more rigorous cash count. Maybe you should institute more thorough training or get written documented SOPs or reduce costs. You know, it's really a question of which one of these do you want to do uh, in 2022, and how are you going to do them? Now, I wouldn't uh, necessarily rely on past goals to chart your course for the new year. They're crucial, but they're not super sufficient for planning what happens in the future. And that's because circumstances um, or changes that happen in 2021, I mean, think about COVID-19, they could point out a need for new goals. And so, uh, you know, one thing that I can think of is, I mean, interest rates, uh, for example, fell significantly in 2021, and they've stayed pretty low. So you might think about your goals in 2022 is could you get a loan for your business needs or refinance your current funding? Um, and maybe did your tax position indicate that you could benefit from a new corporate structure, such as converting uh, from a partnership to, a, to an S corporation or to a C corporation taxes an S corporation? So if your financial statements indicated a need for improvement, how can you improve them? And 2022 planning is the time to think about it. What are the most advantageous ways to do that? This is a great place for some expert opinions and advice about growing in the new year. Okay, the next thing to do for 2022 is develop action plans based on your goals. Now, once you've determined your key goals for the new year, 
devise an action plan for each of them. And, you know, we talk a lot about goals being smart and whatever that is, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-based. But I think it's basically just break each goal down into daily bite-sized chunks. Pinpoint the key metrics that so that you can measure and assess them on an ongoing basis. And whatever your goals are, the most important thing you can do now is to write down your plan to achieve them. Yep, I'm going to say that again. Whatever your goals are for 2022, the most important thing you can do to achieve them is write them down. And this point was driven home recently by a study I read published in the British Journal of Health Psychology. The project was designed to see what impact stimuli would have on participants' level of exercise. So the researchers divided the random sample of participants into three different groups. For the first group, the researchers asked the participants to track how frequently they exercise. They were told to read a passage uh, of an unrelated book before beginning the exercise. For the second group, the researchers wanted to measure the impact that motivation would have on their exercise levels. And so the second group was also asked to track their activity levels, but they were told to read a book's motivational passage that outlined the benefits of exercise for maintaining a healthy weight. Now, the third group was asked to read the same motivational expert uh, excerpts as the second group, but had the additional task of writing down their exercise goals for the coming week. So when the researchers sat down to analyze the results, they were surprised to find that among the motivated group, group number two, just 35% of them exercised once a week. Now, this was slightly less than the folks in group number one, even though they were motivated to work out. When the researchers analyzed the third group's exercise log, they were stunned to find out that 91% of them had worked out. Now, the only difference between groups two and three was that the third group was asked to write down their goals. That simple task seems to have have almost tripled their likelihood of succeeding. So the researchers concluded that motivation alone has virtually no impact on our actions. Instead, it is motivation coupled with a written action plan of how you're going to achieve your goals that has the most significant impact on your results. So food for thought as you start thinking about making 2020, 2022, that's hard to say, 2022, your best year yet. Uh, A couple other things, minor points for 2022. Think about creating a marketing plan. Uh, Early 2022 is also a great time to plan your marketing campaigns for the next year. So what areas of marketing will you focus on? Is it going to be social media? Is it going to be video or content production? Uh, Should you hire a staff to do that? Great time to think about uh, whatever your customers, what data your customers responded to in the last year, and even customers that are like your customers. Uh, The number four area in planning for 2022 is to plan time to keep your financial and tax records up to date. So we just talked about what we should do for 2021. Now it's, you know, it's basically the same thing, right? It's if you haven't been keeping important financial statements up to date each quarter, book some time in the new year to do that. Get with your accountants. It's the same thing is true for your tax records and any meetings with accountants or other financial advisors. Just remember, staying on top of your business taxes and business performance will decrease the amount of work that you need to do in early 2022. Uh, And then the fifth thing I think is assess employee engagement and figure out whether you need to review your compensation and benefit structures to make sure that they're in line with your industry, with your region, and 
most importantly, with your business values, right? Morale could suffer if this doesn't occur at least once a year. And if the compensation and benefits you offer aren't competitive, especially in this industry that we're in, your top people could walk out the door, leaving you with gaps to fill. Okay. Uh, and, you know, one other thing, kind of the bonus tip, I guess I would suggest uh, here is plan your own vacations for the next year. So while you're planning uh, your employees' vacations, also plan your own vacations. We talked about that a moment ago, but I think it's good to have a good idea to have employees give you their vacation plans far enough in advance so that you know when you have coverage and when you don't, especially if you have someplace like a like a dispensary. Uh, and if there are any peak periods when a cluster of vacations might be problematic, uh, I think it makes sense to let employees and supervisors know so that they can plan accordingly. Okay, so there's quite a bit of things to think about uh, from that list. But don't panic. You can get some help. You can get some support. And you can take everything as it comes. Okay, well, before we finish for this week, we got one last thing. And if you listened last week, you know exactly what it is. And that's a segment that we call News of the Day. News of the Day. All right, three news articles here. Let's see what we got for this week. All right, the first one is uh, interesting. Uh, Company New Frontier Data uh, to buy a medical cannabis business of Skylight Health Group for $8.6 million in cash. So uh, basically, uh, New Frontier Data announced that they had signed an asset purchase agreement to acquire Skylight Health Group uh, and their medical cannabis certification business for $8.6 million in cash. The total consideration consists of cash um, uh, at closing of $4 million and the remaining of the balance paid over three installments at 12 months, 18 months, and 24 months from the, from the closing. And the reason I mention this is again, we we're continuing to see consolidation in the marketplace. Uh, and so if you're a business that's looking to buy another one, it's important, I think, to watch what's happening in the mergers and acquisitions market. And if you're a business that's looking to be acquired, same thing is true. Important to watch what's happening in the marketplace. All right. The third, uh, I'm sorry, the second one here is from Cannabis Business Times. This is a little bit frustrating, quite frankly, for a lot of our friends in New York. But uh, the New York Cannabis Control Board chair said that the first adult use licenses will not be issued until probably 2023. So uh, the Cannabis Control Board chair, Tremaine Wright, said last week during a cannabis symposium in Rochester, New York, that the board is working on an 18-month timeline to launch the state's adult-use cannabis market. Uh, And she said that the first adult-use dispensaries will likely not be licensed until the spring of 2023, uh, which is interesting because the Marijuana Regulation and Tax Act, uh, New York's, which is basically New York's adult-use cannabis law, marks April 1st of 2022 as the earliest date for the launch of the adult use market. Um, So hang in there, folks in New York. Um, Adult use licenses are coming, but uh, it's going to be a little while down the road. Okay, the third piece of news is actually more positive um, and and kind of interesting. Um, So this is from MJ Biz Daily. And basically, the headline is marijuana retailers add VIP rooms, consumption lounges, and other amenities to Woo customers. So if you think about it, drive-throughs and VIP sales areas and consumption lounges 
even separate rooms to buy cannabis growing equipment are all the rage right now. All the features that businesses are implementing in the kind of a hotly competitive marijuana industry are incorporating into their retail operations to stand out from the crowd and to attract customers. So Planet 13, which is a giant store located in the Strip in Las Vegas, continues to add to his experience with video walls and visible production rooms. Um, and Jushi is providing art, fashion, and cultural experiences to its retail environments. And the example amenities that we're seeing are VIP sales rooms, drive through consumption lounges, restaurants, music and art, merchandise stores, and production windows. And it's really, you know, it, it, it's there, there's a quote here that I think is interesting. They're saying people can spend as much time here as possible. They'll be entertained, they'll be fed, and they'll have an immersive experience. And it just makes a lot of sense uh, to do that in a very competitive market. So regardless of where you are, think about, I guess what the tip is from this, think about implementing some of this into your dispenser, into your operations. All right. Uh, I think that's all we have for this week. I think we have it for this week's episode. Um, So our first episode last week really touched a nerve and a positive one at that. I mean, we've received a ton of questions about getting investors into a cannabis business. So while we've got episodes uh, uh, planned on banking reform and the capital markets and on insurance, let's insert an episode into the queue for next week where we dig in a bit more about the secrets of raising capital for your cannabis, hemp, or CBD businesses. So hope you'll join us again. And until then, have a great week. You've been listening to The Business of Kush, the podcast for cannabis business owners, investors, and industry insiders. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to this podcast. It's easy to do by clicking on that subscribe button or follow button. And you can also follow us on social media at at BizOfKush or visit us on the web at www.thegreenleafcpa.com forward slash listen. We'll catch you in the next episode. And thanks again for listening to The Business of Kush.